0: Pre-warning, this is not going to be a funny one, really sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It'll be a good one though, so you're all good, Um, but just not a lot of humour, apologies. Um, Alright, so we'll just, I'm I'm Stacey, Um, for some of you I look after your little children out in Kids Church and Pips, you may (laughs) see it, I've got a massive heart for children and so um, yeah, you can trust me with them. They're going to have a great time and love Jesus. All right, that's me. I'm going to get into my stuff. Okay, so my little sermon is called God Did So That We Can. Um, and then it's like a little prelude and then there's some points and rundown. Anyway, okay, so in Acts three seven, um, nice. It says, Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. I remember reading this verse um, in Acts one day, and it jumped out to me, because sometimes in the Bible, there's stuff where it just says stuff, and you're like, I'm pretty sure there's something more to that. They wouldn't just have that in there just because. They might be really good at describing detail, but I feel like there's more in it, so... Um, I wanted to know why the Bible verse mentions mentions Peter reaching out his hand specifically. It could have just said that he helped him up or he told him to get up or anything like that. But it says he reached out his right hand and helped him up. And then I remembered that when Jesus was walking on water, it also mentions something similar um, with him reaching out to Peter. And I thought, hmm, this must be connected. So in Matthew 14, 31 part A. It says, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him, him being Peter. And so I noticed that Peter is in both of these stories. And if these two, and I wondered if these two were connected. I felt strongly that they were. So Jesus stretched out his hand to Peter so that later in God's plan, Peter could stretch out his hand to somebody else. Isn't that what Jesus does for us? He's stretched his hand hand out. He's saved us from whatever we've been through, the darkness we've come out of, or for some of us, it's just a slightly dim life. We thought it was great. We thought we were living to our fullest. And then we realized, ah, there's Jesus. (laughs) He has so much more in store for us. Um, So, yeah. Jesus stretched out his hand to Peter so that Peter could later in life stretch his hand and pull somebody up out of the dust. So Jesus did so that we can. So that's where I got my whole little thing from. So the first point is God served us so that we can serve others. So the next uh, little passage we're going to is John thirteen twelve to 15. And it says, <clears throat> After washing their feet, he, being Jesus, put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash the feet of others. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Now, through this passage and most of his life, Jesus resets the culture. Back in Palestinian um, culture, it was always the lowliest slave would come and wash the feet of the visitors. It was the way of the host honoring the people that came into his house he 'd either put a water bucket there so they can wash their own feet or the lowest of low slaves would come in and wash the feet of all the guests um, and so Jesus, being the king of kings and Lord of Lords, washes the feet of his disciples. All throughout his life, he breaks down the culture that has been set before him. He calls women and children up into a place of righteousness when they were seen as lesser. And sick people come to be healed when they were actually told that they were not part of society. They were not allowed. They were shunned. They were not good enough to be. They're not allowed to even speak to people who were sick. And so within washing his disciples' feet, Jesus does it again. He redefines the culture by showing that we're not called to be served, but to serve one another. And just as Jesus has served us by laying down his life, we must serve others by laying down our convenience and honoring them. All right, next point. God showed us grace so that we can show grace to others. Now, this point is going to get a little bit complicated and hard to follow, so need a little bit of help. Can I have six jackets, please? Anybody, just pass me a jacket. <sighs> Thanks. One, two, three. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> okay, more than six is fine, that's okay. All right. gather it after the service, otherwise it'll be in lost property. Um, So, sorry, my mouth is really dry. Um, God showed us grace through Jesus Christ in the most miraculous way. Um, In Genesis 15, God makes a covenant with Abraham. We'll call him Abraham because it's easier for me to say. God says that he will make a great nation from Abraham. His descendants will be more than the stars in the sky and more than grains, the grains in the sand on the beach. Um, and they will have a great land. And all of his descendants will be blessed. All Abraham had to do for his part of the covenant was to be one with God for the rest of his life. His descendants had to be one with God for the rest of their lives. Essentially, they had to be perfect. And, what, and God would bless them. Thank you. So, yeah, essentially they had to be perfect. Um, if we can put up Genesis 15, 8 to 10, please. So back in the times of this covenant, they didn't have contracts for you to sign. Um, they <laughs> didn't even have paper or pens. Um, <laughs> so what they used to do, hence jackets. Um, sorry, it's going to get a little bit gruesome. It's right, you right, you're grown-ups. Is um, they used to... All right, I'll read this first. But Abram replied, "O sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? Possess it being the blessings, the land, everything like that. The Lord told him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. So Abram presented all these to him and killed them. Then he cut each animal down the middle and laid the halves side by side. He did not, however, cut the birds in half. Okay, so these are the animals cut in half Half a ram, half a ram, half a other stuff. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So back in the times of this covenant, they didn't have contracts to sign. So instead, how they would honor their contract or sign a contract is they would cut the animals in half and their blood would pull together to make a path. And they would sign it by walking through the covenant. And as they are walking through the blood bar path... And as they did that, that was them signing and saying, if I didn't honor my side of the deal, this will happen to me. My blood will be shed. Okay. Now it gets cool. All right. Genesis 15, 17, please. So they talk him down more. Um, it says, after the sun went down and darkness fell, Abraham saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the halves of the carcasses. This simple verse is more complex than we ever could imagine. Throughout the Old Testament, God is symbolized as smoke. So he appears as smoke in the temple, resting over to show his presence. And he is um, a cloud of smoke that leads the Israelites through the desert. He also is symbolized as fire in the burning bush that talks to Moses and the pillar of fire that leads the Israelites. So God passed through the blood path. As a smoking fire pot, he signs the covenant. And then, knowing Abraham and his descendants couldn't hold up the end of the deal, they could not be perfect on their own, he passed through a second time in place of Abraham as the fire. So, if we think about it, instead of Abraham or his descendants blood being shed, when they didn't follow through for the covenant, God's blood would be shed. Jesus. The ultimate sign of grace. He knew, I've made this covenant with you, you're going to walk into blessing, you're going to step into blessing, and I've got the best things for you. All you have to do is be perfect, but I know you can't do that on your own. (laughs) So, I'll go for you, And then 2,000, 4,000, however many years later, (laughs) I'm going to show you that I'm going to honor our covenant. I'm going to die in place of you, and I'm going to deliver you with grace. So my third point, God saved us so that through him, we can help save others. We have been saved from hell, death, sin, wrong mindsets, insecurity, lust, darkness, addictions, condemnation, pain, unrighteous living, the wrong path. And he calls us into life, joy, servanthood, protection, love, purpose, victory, blessing. He calls us into salvation and life and oneness with him. And so if you think about my previous points, have you noticed that I didn't say God served us to show that we must be served by others? Or God shows us grace so that we must be shown grace by others. Nope. What I've been getting to this whole point, this whole time, is that if we want to see a city saved through generosity, we need to lay down our, our lives. We first need to look at God and his character and show that to our city. We need to show them the grace. We need to show them the love. We need to show them that God can save them. Okay, I lost my place. Nearly done, it's all right. So the most effective way for us to win people for Jesus is to show them the love and the character of God through our actions. For us to win a city, we need to know what God has done and then do that for others. So that He too, so that they too can understand God's character. Hence the title of the message God did so that we can done (laughs) you may now come and grab your (laughs) jackets
1: all right some jackets here whose is the flowery one awesome how good was that Smoking fire pot. <laughs> awesome. So good. I like that. That was good. Very good. Very good. Um, Stacey, come back here for a second. Yes, please. Because you preached it, so you now need to pray us through it.
0: Um, okay, if you would like to, or if you're struggling at any point with laying down your convenience or... Um, laying down your life, um, you can stand and raise your hands. You may have to lay down your convenience to do that, sorry. Um, So if you would like to, you can stand to your feet. I would stand to my feet if I was in the congregation. Um, (laughs) Just (laughs) just so you know. (laughs) I'm standing too. All right. Um, Father, I pray that as we go, as we go out this week, as we go out for the rest of our lives, we're able to see places, we're able to see gaps, and we're able to apply ourselves, Father. We're able to think, what would you do? How would you want us to act? That we could be so in tune with your Holy Spirit um, that you would... You'd be able to download to us what we need to do, how we need to show your character, how we need to pour your love out into our city, Father, whether it's just moments with our friends or whether it's more drastic and it's out with a homeless person or someone we've never met before. Father, I pray that you download to us. You make us know when there is a moment that we need to honour you, where we need to honour the person we're with, Father. Be in us, be with us, and let us be aware of you. Let us be aware of those moments. Let us not let them slip by and pass by and just... Say there's something else, Father. Just let us know. Let us be aware. Let us show you and your character. Amen.
1: Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Very good. Well, once again, um, next up is the amazing Anna, and um, you know I I I like Anna. She's she's an amazing. Uh, I just I. I've never met anyone quite like her. Um, you know, the ability to actually just walk into a room and change the environment is is not just a personality; it's a grace and it's an anointing. And wherever she goes, whatever I, I you know, it's, uh, she did an internship, and not once did I actually see her or hear her grumble. Like, that's that's amazing as it in that, in, as it is, and but. I just believe tonight that as she comes a minister, uh, I pray that you open your heart to that anointing that she carries on just being able to change environments because of who God has made her to be. And so Anna, we welcome you tonight to come preach. Can let's honor her.
2: Kia ora. thank you everyone. Um, have a seat um before i before I start, I just want to um thank you, Pastor will and Desiree and justine um for the way that you have so kindly and diligently invested into me and all my other friends out there um I know that i wouldn 't be who I am today without your um your tireless investment into my life we're drawing out that, um drawing out what 's inside of me so thank you um so, oh, let's introduce myself. So, my name is Anna. Um, three things that you might want to know about me is that my favorite, most favorite food is spaghetti on toast. If you invite me over for dinner and you're like, what shall we have? Spaghetti on toast and I'll be satisfied. Um, we'll just leave it at one thing, eh? Um, and so, <laughs> it's an honor um, to be on this platform here to share today. Um, Two weeks ago, I got this massive revelation from God, and He said, "This is to share with people." And I was like, "No." Nah. And then maybe like a week later, Nicole's was like, "Oh, you're you're speaking next week," and I was like, oh, "Okay, you were right, God." Um, <laughs> if I would ever doubt, yeah, I do doubt sometimes. So, yeah, so it's a um, yeah, it's just a massive privilege to share what God has revealed to me over the last month, and I'm shaking because I'm cold. Um, yeah if you see that. <laughs> All right, so generosity, generosity. We, um, this session, this segment of speaking is about g- being generous to go out and win our city for God. Um, and so last week, Pastor Desiree pretty much spoke the message that I was gonna speak um, about being generous with your fight. And in, in that she said, um, you, ha- you have everything within you for your battle, but you have to choose To fight, and so this week I want to take it just one step further and say that um, that we need to be generous in the victories that we have, so that we can go out um, into the promised land and lead and win our city for Jesus. And so I am going to be reading from Joshua one, and later on I may ask for some people to come up. So if you like to come up, just have that in your mind and run up, (laughs) Um, because I didn't prepare that earlier. So. Joshua 1 um, is, if you, in the history of like Israel, if you think about the prince of Egypt as a story, like they've, Moses has brought the Israelites out of Egypt, they've been through um, the, the wandering land, also known as the wilderness, and, um, and they're just about to go into the promised land, and this is where Joshua 1 sits, um, and so this is, Joshua is commissioned to lead the Israelites into the promised land because Moses has just died. Um, And so it starts off, um, Moses, my servant, is dead. Um, And then he go. the Lord says to Joshua, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. And then it it goes, be strong and courageous, be strong and cre- courageous, be strong and courageous. I encourage you to read that as like um, in your own time. Um, but yeah, so it's be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. And my first point is that God has prepared places for us in this city um, for you to go out and take. So know that you already have the victory because God has prepared those territories for us to walk into. So be strong. Be courageous. Be bold as you walk into every area that you set your foot um, because God has already given you a victory in that. And so hold your head up high. Have your shoulders back. Walk knowing the authority that God has given you. Um, So moving, but the focus is Joshua 1 verse 10. If I could have the first scripture up, please. So it goes on. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, Go through the camp and tell the people, get ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go and take possession of the land the Lord your God has given you of your own, for your own. Can I please have some volunteers, maybe um, three males who are very strong and agile. Matt, can you just jump up, please? Tom, can you jump up, run up, and Kao, run up, please? If you guys could just come down here. Um, also, Uncle Pete, can you please jump up? <laughs> yeah. So, um, everyone, these are our strong um, Israelites getting ready for battle. This is Uncle Pete. <laughs> oh, Matua Pete. <laughs> I'm just going to give you a little um, cultural lesson as well. So, um, has anyone heard of the hakka? The haka, Kamati. Kamate, kamate. We, that's a well-known haka. Um, back in the day, maybe like a few hundred years ago, there's lots of different versions of the haka in the Maori um, culture. Some of them were to intimidate um, opposition. Um, others of them were to get ready for battle. And so um, this particular haka was called um, oh, the peru peru. Um and it was a training hacker, And so old Uncle Pete, not old, Uncle Pete, we come up, come on up. And so it sort of looked like a little bit like a ski jump. And so trainer Uncle Pete, I think it's called a ski jump. Can you teach these guys how to do a ski jump, please? Yeah. And jump. Yeah. And go. And again. And All right, now some of you guys are a little bit musical, but let's have a beat to it. So, and one, and one. All right, now Uncle Pete, can you tell them how to do this a little bit better, please?
1: Uh, Okay, Tim is going to put one arm out when you jump and land. So, and. Yeah, let's go. Jump. (laughs) Come on. And. Jump. And. We and together.
2: And, and. All right. And I'm going to put my two cents in. Please jump a little higher in a time now. Ready? And one, two, three, four. 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 And that's a wrap. Awesome. Give these guys a hand. Thanks Uncle Pete. Alright, so in the Peru, peru there were these um, warriors who were training to go out for battle. We had our uncles and our komatua. they would come out in that training haka and they would say, come on, jump higher, come on, get lower, let's get stronger. They had already been in the battle, they had already been in the battlefield, they had seen victories because they were still alive. And they were training these warriors, all right? And so here, I just, I just took the position of, of a woman, just assume that I'm like a little bit older. Here, I stayed back at the village, but I had seen the men training. I had seen the men go off to battle, and I'd seen the ones who'd come back. So from what I had seen in them training, I could see um, the way in which they trained, and how they're attributed to their survival. And so what I want you to see through that illustration is that if we are going to go out and and win a city for God, it says, "Get." we'll move on to the next point, and then I'll tie it all back in together. So if we go on to the next verse... But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land then it goes on to say, your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay here in the land that Moses gave you, east of the Jordan, but all your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them. And so what I wanted to show you through that illustration is that we, if we are going to go and and take the territory that God has prepared for us. On the other side of the Jordan, we need to be battle ready. And the practical way of doing that in the... Physical is to go out and, like, do fitness and stuff. But in the spiritual, it is to read the Word of God. It is to be in an environment where we are poured into. It is to have our mentors mentoring us, go higher, go stronger, do something like that. I don't know. But that's, um, that's what we need to do to be battle-ready. And so I want to encourage you today, go out and be battle-ready. Um, the, sec- the second point from this little bit is that... Um, the people, the Gadites and the otherites and the other people, um, they were on the east of the Jordan and that was their allocated spot, their allocated spot um, that Moses had already given them of the promised land. So they had actually seen a little piece of the promise that God had promised the whole Israelites. What um, Joshua is telling the commanders to do is say, come on you people, you people who have already seen the promise, you people who have already seen something happen, it's time to go out and fight for the promises of the rest of our nation. It's time to go out and fight for the promises of the people who haven't yet seen that before. It's time to go out and fight for those people who may not know what it looks like, but you have, so come on. Go ahead of them. Go and, pro- go and fight for them. Um, and so that's when generosity steps in. It's beyond our, what is just for us. You know, With um, whether you are, uh, you may have seen promises in your life already. You may think that you haven't, but I think the fact that we're all here tonight is just one piece of a promise. You know, we ha- we know that we are assured the salvation of God because of one decision that we've made, and that's a promise. And so if you have that promise, then you can get ready to go out and fight for the rest of our city who has not yet seen that promise fulfilled. Um, are you with me? Yeah. Cool. Okay, so um, hmm, Pastor Will's prophecy it has been prophesied over Pastor Will but also over our church that we could be the first, because he's the pastor of our church, that we could be the first to see a city safe. Now that's a promise that I'm holding on to. and that's a promise that I will fight for it may not be my promise specifically, but I am a fighting man, w- woman. I'm a, wom- a fighting woman ready to go out and fight for the promises for our city. And so I am going to get battle ready and I need to, and I need to sharpen up. There are places that I need to sharpen up. But um, so that I can go out and fight to win some territories. All right, so the other day, the other day I had a little conversation and I I should have prepared them that I was going to tell them this, but um, I had a a little conversation with someone and they were just like, "Um, yeah, we, now hear my heart. I heard what they were talking to me about, but um, they said, yeah, we were just talking about you the other day and what it must be like to like have gone from an integral part of the church to like not really. And, um, And I knew what they were talking about in this context, but it, context, but it got me thinking like, but I am a part of, like, I am an integral part of the church, you know? And like, I want you to get that too. You are an integral part of the church because you, um, like, I might not know how many, like, cups we need to order for the next Sunday or, like, random stuff like that. But um, I know that I'm building into the kingdom of God. <laughs> um, I know that wherever I am stepping my foot, I am building God's kingdom here in Dunedin. I'm contributing to the house of God here in Dunedin. Therefore, I am an integral part of the church. I have vision for that and that's what I am pursuing. And I want you to get that too. You know, we all have a duty here because this is our church. We call this home. This is our house where we meet. And so I want to encourage you too, like, Where are you building into? You are integral, you are needed, um, and and you are missed when you're not here. And I want you to get that today. That's like just a side note of my message. (laughs) But like, yeah, you are all integral and we all need to be working together, fighting for the promises and the territories that are set before us. Um, Yeah, and so just a personal, like just a, a personal testimony, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, I believe that there was an area that I was called to. That God specifically spoke to me, said, um, "Come and build a foundation here, for I'm going to release something big." And um, and I believe that I've done that. Like I think it's uh, it's it's a foundation, and that's what God called me to do. I know that it's not finished yet but it's a foundation. And so I have found my territory. I found my little piece of land allocation on the east side of the Jordan. But now it's time for me personally to go and fight for the full promises for our people to go and see. And so that's just my, that's the context of where this has come from today is that I've seen what God has called me to do. I have believed that I've been diligent in what he has given me to do. Um, but now it's time to go and fight for the full vision, because the rest of that build a foundation, because I'm going to release something big. Yeah. yeah, I'll join with someone else who has the vi- the the little the 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 idea <laughs> to release something big, and I will fight within that for that. And so, um, if you guys just turn to your right, that's my promise. Now, you guys just claim it over there. You guys are my promise. Years, prayers, and tears. You know, <laughs> and so know that that um, are oh you, yeah, you guys, Nick, Kira, Andrew, love you claim that too, but um, <laughs> but you guys over there, it doesn't matter where you may feel that you are at. Oh, Zane, you can count. You're in, you're over there too, yeah. Um, but you know, it doesn't matter where you feel that you may be at, whether you feel close to God, whether you feel away from God. The fact that you are here tonight is that that you are the fulfillment of a promise. And now, as, as somebody who is, we've got our land now, I want to call you out. I want to encourage you as the fighting men. Like now it's time to go and see, see the other side of the Jordan. And so I want to encourage you tonight. Like how can you go and see the promises of God fulfilled in your worlds? Maybe it's praying by the gate. It probably is. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, but there's there's another um oh Nicole, I will fight for your promises. I will fight for your vision. Other Nicole, I will fight for your vision. I will fight for your promises. Kale, I will fight for your vision and I will fight for your promises. And so that's that's my commitment. Is Pastor Stephen here tonight? I'll save that for another day. <laughs> you know? Oh, where is my list? Okay. Um, we all have areas of territory that we have that we have already claimed. We have already seen bits of the promises in each of our worlds, but now it's time to go out and fight for um, for the promises for our city, and so. I guess to wrap up, to be generous with our victories, we need to have a greater vision. If we don't have vision, we'll be content with our little plot of land, you know? And so if you, if you don't have a vision, take Pastor Will's prophecy, you know? That's pretty big. <laughs> take it, we could be the first to see a city safe. How, God, how will that look for me? What does that look like in my world? Go and take that away. Go and um, mull over it. What are, your, what are your areas of passion? What are your gifts and talent? God will use that to go and see a city one. And so um, we need to just fight beyond, beyond what we, we have. And I know you know that, but I want to encourage you. Come on, it's time to rise. Be battle ready. Come on, let's go and take the territories. And so I guess um, just to wrap up, If you need a greater vision, if you have had a promise in the past and you haven't seen it fulfilled already, um, but you know that it's still there, um, if everyone could just bow their heads just to respect what's going on. um, And if that's you, just just raise your hand and respond in however form you want. Um, and just receive, I really believe that God is, will release vision. He will release promises in your world. And I'm just going to pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are. Lord, I thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Lord, that we have all authority um, in your name. And Lord, we pray right now that you'll release a new vision, new promises, old promises that you'll remind us, Lord. And Lord, I pray for the next steps in all of our world. Lord, that you will show us where to place our feet next. We thank you that you have given us the territories and wherever we place our feet that you have given us, you've prepared it already. Lord, we pray for a courage and a boldness to pursue that. And any opportunity that presents itself, Lord, I pray that um, we will be bold enough to pursue that. Lord, I thank you for who you are What you have done for us and who you have created us to be. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Kia ora.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. So good. So good. So good. Awesome. Well, um, next up we've got the amazing Simon. Now now he's this this guy is he's like the guy that likes to be in the background. You know, like he would he wouldn't mind if the perspex was actually, you know, painted. He'd be quite happy with that, but you know but uh, you know, that's the thing about you, Simon, is because you're not ambitious, or you're not like in a in a bad sense of the way. I know you've got vision, you've got goals for your life, which is great. But because you're not putting yourself out there, I believe that's exactly why God has called you and anointed you. Uh, this guy is like the he's, I'm not gonna, I was going to say the silent assassin, but he's not going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> he 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 will silent, He'll come out of the woodwork tonight, and he will silently encourage you. And I know uh, with what, what he speaks on, whatever it is, I know it's going to be anointed. Uh, I know tonight he's going to come and bring a message of, of just great encouragement and, and power. And so come on, let's put our hands together.
3: Like Will says, this just about the furthest forward I've been on the stage, so, you know. Uh, Bear with me. Just while you're standing, I'm just going to pray because I need as much Jesus as I can get. Um, (laughs) Thank you, Lord God, for this uh, evening. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing that you've uh, placed in me that I could come up here and speak. Um, Lord, I just pray that my words uh, fall to the floor and that your words carry through. Amen. Amen. Right, so continuing on. You can have a seat, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, So continuing on with this uh, series of generosity, um, I just thought I'd kind of define what generosity is for me. Um, And so how I see generosity is it's an overflow um, or, you know, it exists in abundance. You know, you think of generosity and it's, um, you know, it just outpours from someone. Um, And so, you know, like if I was to ask you guys what you thought of generosity, like Will said um, last week, most people assume money. You know, if I'm being generous, I'm being generous with my money. Whether that's you know buying someone coffee, buying someone dinner, um, most people assume that it's generosity. Um, but I think that generosity is more than just money. Um, you know, it's it's part of your spirit, but like not just that. Um, you know, it's how are you being generous with your time, how are you being generous with your work, how are you being generous with you know everything that you do. Um, you know, your words, your actions, these are, these are things that are, they're not necessarily always visual, but they're things that are uh, most certainly outworked generously, um, and you can, like, they're not even things that you actually have to think about doing, you can actually just do it. Um, it doesn't always have a toll on you. Um, you know, your generosity is a reflection of your spirit. If we can just have the first verse, Proverbs uh, 27, verse 19. It says, as water reflects the face, uh, so your actions reflect your heart. Um, And, you know, that's that's such an incredible thing because, you know, your actions reflect your heart. They don't always have to be overwhelming actions. They don't have to be massive gestures where, you know, you're buying someone a house, you're buying someone a car. Um, But it's actually the smaller things, um, which you can actually outwork some of the largest generosity, Because what may seem small from you, what seems like a a small amount of generosity from um, your perspective, what you could give um, as it's received could actually be an incredible piece of generosity. Um, If that means, you know, you're buying someone coffee and you go out and you just spend time, you sit down and you talk with them, um, that for you might be 10 minutes out of your day, 15 minutes just between when you're studying, between classes. That may not seem like a lot, but the person that you go out with the person you have coffee with, the person you spend time with, that could be an integral part of you know, their communication. You know, they could be on uh, the precipice of disaster, you know, really needing a connection, really needing to, you know, to grab onto something and to hold on. Um, and you could be that lifeline. You can be that thing that they actually grab onto, they latch onto, uh, and you know, they, they pull in with. And so I want to just say, you, know, like, you can be generous with your time. You can be generous with everything. Um, your actions, the life that you live, is actually a reflection of your heart. Uh, it's a spirit that you hold. Um, and so when you carry a spirit of overflow, when you live uh, a life of abundance, then you're being generous. Um, it's, you don't actually have to think generous. You don't have to you know, like, actively be generous. You just have to live in a life of overflow with a spirit of abundance, and then generosity just flows out from you. Um, and it's like it's literally as simple as that. You know, the generosity of your life, it just shows the generosity of your spirit. Um, if we're gonna have Galatians 5, 22 to 23, it's you know the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um <laughs> and so like, you know, when you're generous with your spirit, um then you know, the generosity of the fruits of the Spirit outflow from you. Um, You know, when you love someone, you're being generous because there's a joy in your heart that's good to them, uh, and and that's you bringing a blessing to them. Um, You know, generosity is a reflection of your Spirit. And so when you align your Spirit with Jesus, then you're actually connecting to the source of generosity. Like, there is no greater example... Um, like Stacy said, no better ultimate example of grace um, than the generosity of God, of Jesus. Um, John fifteen thirteen. You know, there's no greater love than this to lay down one's life than one's friend, than for one's friend. And there's you know, like there's no greater example of generosity than to lay down your life. Like money, you can earn back. Time, you know, that's just a tiny wee little amount. You know, if you're doing an action, you get that energy back. You can do it another thing later. But your life, you know, that's, that's the full stop at the end of your chapter, and then you move on to the next chapter. You know, it's such an incredible example of generosity that Jesus outworked for all of us, where He gave us something that, you know, we can never get ourselves. Um, he took our sin, and He just said, you know, that's it, that's the slate, wiped clean, uh, you know, that's not something we have to deal with. And such an act of generosity just comes, once again, from such a spirit of love, yeah. where he carries that incredible spirit, that incredible peace, where he's just saying, you know, this generosity I give to you is something that you don't have to pay back because generosity doesn't like doesn't always have to be reciprocal, but we choose to make it reciprocal. Yeah. And so, when God was generous to us and He gave us life everlasting, then we can reciprocate that and just give our lives to Him. Yeah. Um, you know, it's such an incredible opportunity for us to be generous back to Jesus uh, in a way that, you know, is so difficult to do otherwise. Um, you know, and it's, it's more than, generosity is more than just your spirit that you hold, but it's your actions, it's your words, it's your time. Um, you know, if, if someone needs help, you can be generous with your actions. You know, would you go out to help someone else? If, you know, like Will said, someone needed help moving houses, And so he was generous with his actions, and he went out and he made sure that that was done. You know, are you being generous with your actions? Are you helping out when someone needs your help? Are you being generous with your words? Um, Can you be generous with your mouth, the words that you speak, the wisdom that you share, the encouragement that you give? um, These are words of generosity where you're giving from um, a spirit of love that you don't have to give, but you choose to give in a spirit of overflow, and abundance because the words that you speak uh, they bring life they bring encouragement you speak wisdom and like those kinds of things are just so integral because if someone needs to hear that and you're willing to speak that you're willing to be generous then you can actually make such an important uh, difference in their life you know and your words they're just <laughs> they're just really important um, <laughs> your time you know can you be generous? With your time, can you listen to someone when they need to talk? Can you comfort someone when they're in need? Um, Are you willing to assist them with a task? You know, uh, as a student, I can vouch that time is important to me. Um, But it's another thing to just be generous with your time to give someone else, you know, the time of day where they need assistance, they need help. And so when you're generous and you live with that spirit of overflow, that spirit of abundance, then they can receive that they can receive that generosity, they can receive that overflow and that abundance. um, And that helps to fill up their cup. Um, You know, Psalms 23, it's not actually up there, but you you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. And so when we overflow to someone else, we can anoint them. And when you overflow with abundance, then they can overflow as well. And so it's kind of like a chain reaction of generosity. When you're generous to someone else, they can be generous to the next person. And that's how we see our city saved. Can we have the, yes. All right. I love this because broken down, the genero city, um, the generations of our city, genero-o city, the generations of our city are only one through generosity. Um, It's such an incredible opportunity where we as the church can actually outwork our generosity into our city. And from that, we can see lives changed. And like, you know, we already, we outwork generosity, but we can do so much more. We have so much capacity, so much room for abundance and overflow where we can actually just go out and we can see the city saved. And it's such an incredible opportunity for us. But then the next question is, are we going to take that opportunity or do we hide our generosity? Do we hoard it? Do we keep it all to ourselves? You know, are we greedy with our time? Are we stingy with our finances? Are we selfish with our actions? Do we choose to keep our generosity to ourselves, save it for another day? Maybe next time when they want to go out for coffee, maybe I could pay then. Just, you know, at the moment, my finances aren't, you know, too great. So maybe I should probably play it safe this week. Are we being, you know, selfish with our time? Do we decide that, nah, I can't really make it out to this event. I don't really want to see that person this week. Maybe another time can we reschedule. Are we being... Greedy? Are we being stingy? Are we being selfish? Or are we going to live in a spirit of overflow and a spirit of abundance where we actually carry the generosity and then we outwork it into our city?